Welcome, it's indisputable, I'm your host, Rashad Richard. We got a lot on the agenda today, all right? Breaking down news of the day, we have Yasmin Khan, host, Global Thread Podcast, Rebel HQ contributor, should be a fascinating breakdown. Top story of the day, this week, we broke the story of a police officer in the state of Georgia who is currently indicted for felony murder, burglary, aggravated assault, and violation of oath of office by providing false statements to the authorities. That cop was still active, that cop was still training other law enforcement officers on SWAT. Nonetheless, I broke that story this week on Indisputable. We have a major update to that story. Let me remind you of the original reporting, here it is. This is an indisputable exclusive, no other media outlet has this story. Right now, a cop who has been indicted for murder of a 26 year old African American male, Tuskegee University student is already back working on the force and working as a trainer with SWAT nonetheless. Here was my direct proclamation to the Board of Commissioners for Clayton County, Georgia, where this police officer was working, here it is. And what was the response from the police? Well, the police decided to just give him another role. A role where he is literally, the police officer Hutchins is literally in charge of training cops how to shoot while under felony indictment for murder. I'm pissed, I'm upset. Put up the picture of this police chief again. He's black. The whole damn county commission, African-American. Now you all better get this right. When I tell you there has to be a report at some point today that says that officer has no affiliation anymore around weapons or anything else, we're gonna have a problem. Well, it looks like we're not going to have a problem because within 24 hours, the county commission along with the chief of police decided to sideline that police officer. He is no more around training, guns or anything else. I'm now going to give you the background to how this happened after our reporting. Put up the picture of the officer, his name is Hutchins. He is currently under felony murder indictment for killing a 26 year old African American male named Jamarian Robinson. He was indicted along with other officers by a Fulton County grand jury in the state of Georgia. Clayton County is located right next door to Fulton County. After his indictment, he was allowed to remain with the police department in a training capacity and he was training members of SWAT. Literally a man who was indicted for murder, shooting a 26 year old over 50 times was still training members of SWAT, not anymore. The Clayton County police Chief Kevin Roberts removed Sergeant Christopher Hutchins from his role in assisting with the department's firearm training. This was right after our reporting. The move comes after pushback from county leaders challenging if Sergeant Hutchins role was appropriate while he awaits the start of a murder trial. Let me give you more background. In October, a Fulton County grand jury charged Sergeant Hutchins and Eric Hines with the US Marshal Southeast Regional Fugitive Task Force with felony murder, aggravated assault and other charges in the killing 
of 26 year old Jamarian Robinson. I'm going to now read a direct quote from the chief of police after our reporting. He says, and I quote, recent concerns presented to the Clayton County Board of Commissioners about the administrative assignment of Sergeant K Hutchins to the in-service training unit have impacted the board and Clayton County Police Department. Chief Kevin Roberts has reconsidered the sergeant's assignment and moved him to a non-training duty, effective immediately. A police department said in an email, the police department said in an email to CBS News Atlanta. Now I'm going to show you the county commissioner who saw our story and decided to push the agenda and ask the right questions. Put a picture up. This is Commissioner Felicia Franklin, a real public servant. Commissioner Franklin represents the third district of Clayton County in the state of Georgia. I got access to the emails, the email flurry that took place after the reporting. That commissioner said, and I quote in an email to the chief, Chief Roberts, is this true? Question mark, highlighting the fact that the commission was unaware of this murdering indicted cop being on the payroll and active. Chief Roberts, is this true? If so, I am requesting a detailed response for the board via this email by close of business today as to why. Once again, put up the picture of this people's champ, Commissioner Franklin, who decided to ask the right question. Now I'm going to take you to the partial response of the chief of police because initially Chief Roberts decided to defend his actions and stand with the cop under felony murder indictment. Here's what Chief Roberts said. On December 7, 2021, the department received a copy of the Fulton County warrant for Sergeant Hutchins that was dated October 28th, 2021. On December 8th, 2021, his police powers were suspended and he was placed on administrative duties. Because of his training background, he was assigned to the in-service training unit at the range. The chief of police goes on to say, the totality of circumstances in this case justify my decision to keep Sergeant Hutchins at work in a non-sworn administrative capacity until the case is resolved. Now, once again, that police chief after our reporting has completely changed his mind, but initially stood by this cop who was under felony indictment for murder. When I did this story, I told you what the spin would be after the segment. I said, listen, the county is going to have a response or the police will have a response that says, oh, it's just administrative duty. But the spin was, yes, it was administrative duty on paper. However, he was training individuals how to shoot on the shooting range. He was training members of SWAT. You know how I know this? Because police officers got in touch with me directly because they were upset about this guy under felony indictment instructing them. There's more. So once the chief of police pushes back to the county commissioner who's standing up for the community in this email thread. The county commissioner responded and says, Chief Roberts, I am disappointed 
in your response about Sergeant Hutchins. First, by saying the Board of Commissioners voted for him to be working in a training capacity is deceptive since he was not indicted for murder at that time. I can't speak for others on the board, but I believe it is unlikely that members of any board would think that this was a good idea to allow this assignment to continue on after the indictment. Furthermore, I am extremely concerned as a board member and as a mother of a black male with your response justifying that you made a good decision that this officer should stay where he is. This commissioner continues and says, if you suspended his this officer from having or carrying a firearm, why would you think this officer should be the safety instructor for the other officers training with firearms? Question mark. Sensible question, commissioner. While I believe everyone is innocent until proven guilty, in the abundance of caution, a better decision could have been made about what capacity Hutchins should serve in until this case is resolved. I recommend that the Board of Commissioners review this matter so that we can make a better decision as to what this officer should be doing between now and his court date. Well, once again, the chief of police decided to change his entire tune and has sidelined that officer. In a follow up email, that same county commissioner who is pushing back on this chief provided this note. Also, chief, you may want to take a look at this and the amount of views. This is not painting our county in a good light at all. What did the commissioner provide the chief? This is what she provided him. She provided him with a graphic from this show with the link directly connected to this reporting. There it is. The commissioner provided that link to the chief. Now, I highlight this because it's not uncommon for us to make actual change happen. But it takes us all working together toward the goal. So I want to say thank you to everyone who paid attention to this. That segment with all of our combined platforms received hundreds and hundreds of thousands of views, all right? A lot within a very short amount of time. And that is the catalyst for this transformation happening quickly. Now, should it take all of this? Hell no, of course not. It was a ridiculous move. It was insane to even imagine that a cop under felony indictment for shooting a 26 year old college student 60 times lying about it and then committing the act of burglary according to a grand jury. It's insane to think that cops should ever have a role in policing period, but he did. It took a lot in order to make this happen. It took a lot for simple justice to be to be awarded, but it's here. Now there's a trial, that trial is scheduled in the next few weeks. Obviously we will continue to monitor this until completion. All right, Ms. Khan, I know it's a lot of moving pieces to this story. What are your thoughts here? Well, first of all, I do want to commend you on your show. And this really is a great story that exemplifies the, you know, that the work that we're doing is sometimes it's worth something. Sometimes it does reap some kind of positive benefits, not just for us on the show, but for the people who are actually living 
in all these places in counties like this one. And the thing with cops and accountability, it keeps coming up all the time. The thing is, people want to believe that cops are these morally superior enforcers and protectors of justice. But really, they're just people. They're unelected, they're not appointed by anyone. They're just people who chose a profession for themselves for whatever reason that they personally chose it. And hopefully we can just, we can really just hope that they did it for the right reasons. And meanwhile, the public is expected to just trust that these are good people and that they're good at their jobs and that they're doing their jobs with integrity. When we know that there's a lot of people who don't do their jobs with integrity or they're just not good at them. And these are cops. We've seen what happens when cops are bad at their jobs. The consequences for this are deadly. Ensure they get some training, maybe they get some field training or even some DNI training. But even DNI training can't eradicate personal beliefs in a meaningful way from somebody, you know, beliefs that they've held on for presumably most of their lives. And that's assuming that the training that they're getting is good to begin with and not coming from somebody like the guy in the story. And of course, you know, all these personal beliefs are going to influence the way the cops do their jobs, especially when they're put in positions of authority with firearms, and especially when they know what it's that it's highly unlikely that they're going to actually suffer any consequences. I mean, how often does this actually happen? Yeah, yeah, very well said. All right, obviously, we're going to continue to follow this story. I have another one, Alabama Assistant Police Chief has been exposed as a racist. Now, obviously, the town wants him to be fired or resign. Let me take you to Shelby County, Alabama, all right? Um, let's put up the group of Alabama residents and leaders who came together. The people of Shelby County, Alabama are calling for the assistant police chief to be fired over racist text messages, a large group of upset residents packed the small council chamber in Vincent, Alabama for a meeting on Tuesday. Residents demanded the town's assistant chief of police be fired, accusing him of sending a racist text message to other officers, all right? Residents were upset over this racist joke sent via text message. It says, what do y'all call a pregnant slave? Question mark, BOGO, buy one, get one free. That's the chief, the assistant chief. They and the Shelby County NAACP believe this text was sent by the assistant police chief. Vincent's council, the city council and mayor promised a full investigation into the text along with an update at the next council meeting, currently set for August 16th. We're gonna bring you that update when it happens. Mayor James D. Latimer did not allow public comment during the meeting. Now, according to AL.com, according to their report, reporting, appropriate disciplinary action has been taken against a Vincent police officer who sent a text message containing a racist joke, said a police chief James Srigley. All right. We have conducted an internal investigation and appropriate disciplinary action has been taken, the chief said in a text message to AL.com on Tuesday. The police chief did not reveal the nature of the discipline or the name of the officer involved, okay? Now, here's what we're going to do. Because I believe you have a racist assistant chief of police in Vincent City, Alabama. That's what I believe. And that's what the majority of black residents believe, okay? So since you wanna play hide the pickle, we got a game for you. 
Per the Vincent Alabama government site, let's put it up. All right, there's the information, okay? You got the police chief, whom I just mentioned. John L. Goss is the assistant police chief. Lee Carden, officer. Address, phone number 205-672-2261, okay? And you can call um, after business hours at the Shelby County Sheriff's Office, 205-669-4181. Now listen, I actually go to law school in Alabama. I drive from Georgia to Alabama to go to law school, all right? I make that trip every week, okay? The community is standing up to these police officers. The community is saying this needs to be handled by way of firing. So let me speak directly to the mayor just for a moment and members of council. I don't know what this assistant chief may have on you or your town. But if you ignore the reality that you have a cop among you who is in fact racist, something is going to happen. This is called a liability and a warning. You can take heed to the warning or wait until the next report when every single one of you will be on the chopping block because you failed to act. And now this is called a negligent hire or you kept an individual when they should have been fired given their historical conduct. Now that's on you if you want that level of liability. But believe me, that liability is attached. Now, while they don't wanna confirm exactly who it is, we do have confirmation of other cops we've covered. There's a Cincinnati officer, Kelly Dratch, put her, put her face up. She was suspended for a week, just a week. Why? She went on a racist tirade with telemarketers. She called them the N word. She behaved in this way in front of her cop colleagues and did it twice in one month. The 23 year veteran was suspended in May for violating the department's code of conduct for failure of good behavior. Only suspended for a week for being racist. The suspension is the first time she faced any discipline and is considered to be an example of an officer, really. The first incident happened November 17, 2021 at the department's real time crime center. According to the internal investigation, the officer reportedly made a habit of picking up calls from telemarketers and arguing with them during her shift. During this particular call, the report says she called the person on the line a sand N word. Okay, that was once. Senior crime analyst with the uh, with family from Iran overheard this and confronted this cop. What the f, Kelly? This individual said. The employee asked in shock, according to the internal report. The officer apologized, though the analyst told investigators the apology did not feel sincere as she'd hoped. About a week later, the cop did it again. Why? No penalty, no punishment, no real discipline, no accountability. So she does it again. I heard a girl in there yelling N word in there two times. I have to sit right next to their door and they should not be saying this word. An employee wrote in an anonymous letter to human resources. Someone who uses this word should not work for my city. I hope you do something about it, All right? During a February hearing, the officer did not refute the use of the slur. Did not say, hey, it wasn't me, I didn't do it. Okay, she probably does it so much that she doesn't really remember when she does it. 
So she wasn't going to refute it. However, she reportedly said that her actions were the result of an immense amount of stress she's been facing outside of the workplace. The stress from the effects of the pandemic, health issues with her father, the loss of two children, her husband losing his job and her oldest son who has a mental health condition. Put a picture up again, okay? Ma'am, there are a lot of people going through a lot of things. It's called life, but it doesn't make you a racist POS, piece of you know what. Now they're keeping her on the force once again. They have decided to marry themselves to the liability of a racist individual. So when there's an action that coincides with her sentiment, they are going to act shocked and say, she was such a great cop. I just can't believe it. There's more. Remember another Cincinnati cop we reported on recently, put a picture up. She used the N word on her job as well. Officer Rose Valentino was caught on her own body camera using the N word in a moment of road rage when a black teen had a disagreement with her. She was suspended until further notice, still waiting disciplinary action. Hmm. You know, if you yell the N word and you work at, I don't know, a clothing store, fast food restaurant, a car wash, you're going to be fired. You're not going to be allowed to come back. But obviously, you can be indicted for felony murder. You can be a known racist. You can be racist on the record. You can admit to being a racist and still have a job in policing. This is why a lot of people don't like the police. None of this makes sense. None of it. They are willing to take the liability of a racist individual and put the entire damn community at risk. Well, community of black people. Ms. Khan, thoughts here. Yeah, you know, the nature of policing in this country is flawed in that we expect these cops to transcend the idea of human fallibility in a way that most of us can't even do. Right, we expect them to be aware of and embarrassed by their own prejudices to the point that those prejudices don't affect the way that they do their jobs. And it's a really, really big ask of anybody, let alone people who are, again, given firearms and given the authority to enforce their beliefs and of right and wrong on the community, right? And you can't blame people for not trusting law enforcement when these are the kind of people who are allowed to be cops and public servants, right? Not only that, but again, they're protected by the institution. So much of what they say and do is protected or it's hidden from the public or it's defended by their superiors. And I'm just talking about the instances that we actually know about, the instances that have made it into headlines and onto shows like this one. But I do love the angle of this particular story with the community. The community is taking action against the corrupt authorities that are attempting to govern their lives. And we need to see more of this. People need to understand the power that they have, the power of community and how a little cooperation and a little coordination can really go a long way. All right, there you have it. All right, we have an update. The cops in the Brianna Taylor killing. The murder, as I see it, they have now been charged. They have been charged. Let me first take you to the Attorney General of the United States of America. Here it is. We allege that the defendants knew their actions in falsifying the affidavit could create a dangerous situation. 
and we allege these unlawful acts resulted in Ms. Taylor's death. The charges announced today also alleged that the officers responsible for falsifying the affidavit that led to the search took steps to cover up their unlawful conduct after Ms. Taylor was killed. We allege that defendants Jaynes and Goodlett conspired to knowingly falsify an investigative document that was created after Ms. Taylor's death. We also allege that they conspired to mislead federal, state, and local authorities who were investigating the incident. For example, we allege that in May 2020, those two defendants met in a garage where they agreed to tell investigators a false story. The indictment separately alleges that defendant Meany lied to the FBI during its investigation of this matter. All right, now we're getting somewhere. Now remember, the state attorney general decided not to file charges. I'm going to get into that in a moment. The federal government has picked this up. These cops have now been officially charged in the murder of Breonna Taylor. Let's put up the first cop here, okay? Now, remember Louisville, all right? So the FBI, they have arrested the former, the former Louisville Metro police officer, the detective who was fired for lying on the search warrant that led to the deadly 2020 raid at Breonna Taylor's apartment, as well as three others, including the only officer to face state charges in connection with Taylor's fatal shooting. Joshua James, okay, was taken into custody Thursday morning by the FBI, according to his attorney, Thomas Clay. Again, the charges for this detective relate to conspiracy to falsify records in relation to a federal investigation. So let me give you the background. Detective James was fired in January 2021 for inserting what then interim chief Gentry found to be an untruthful statement in his sworn affidavit for the warrant to search Taylor's apartment. Now keep in mind, that's an arrestable offense. They decided to basically give this guy a slap on the wrist here and let him go. But that right there is an arrestable defense, okay? Uh, offense, excuse me. In the affidavit, which he swore before judge, this detective wrote that he verified through a US postal inspector that Taylor's ex-boyfriend, Jamarcus Glover, a suspected drug trafficker, was having packages delivered to her apartment, all a lie. But the cop had actually spoken to another officer, Sergeant Jonathan Mattingly, who had gotten information from another police department and not the postal inspector, okay? Postal inspector said there were no packages and police found no drugs whatsoever, no cash at all in the apartment after the fatal shooting. Let's go to the separate indictment, here it is. Another indictment filed today alleges that after Ms. Taylor was shot, another LMPD officer, defendant Brett Hankison, moved from the doorway to the side of her apartment and fired 10 more shots through a window and a sliding glass door, both of which were covered with blinds and curtains. Defendant Hankison has been charged with two civil rights offenses, alleging that he willfully used unconstitutionally excessive force while acting in his official capacity as an officer.
Before I close, I want to thank Assistant Attorney General Clark, her team in the Civil Rights Division, and the case agents at the FBI for their tireless work on this case. We share, but we cannot fully imagine, the grief felt by Breonna Taylor's loved ones and all of those affected by the events of March 13th, 2020. Breonna Taylor should be alive today. You're damn right she should. Let's put up the picture of the detective he's referring to, Brett Hankinson, okay? Earlier this year, a jury found that guy not guilty of what? Wanton endangerment, that's what he was charged with. Now, what is that charge? That was the charge created basically by the state attorney general, who's a black male and Republican. That charge was for the danger he put her neighbors in during the shooting. So literally she gets killed and this cop gets charged with putting her neighbors in danger. He was the only officer charged at the state level in connection with the case. And I have long, long said he was only charged because they were going to charge somebody with something minor. And that's what it was, okay? Clay also said he was told two other LMPD personnel involved in the Taylor case and search warrant process, Kelly Hanna Goodlett and Kyle Meany are facing federal charges as well. It was not immediately clear if they had attorneys who could comment. I got more. Let's put up the picture of the former detective in question here. Now, let me just say this, cuz I know some people in positions of law enforcement with the federal government will end up seeing this. You see that guy, former detective Miles Cosgrove. He was another officer fired in connection with the Taylor case. Right now, he does not appear to be facing any charges. However, he should, he should be charged as well. The FBI has been investigating Taylor's death since May of 2020. When it opened its color of law case that focuses on allegations of cops or other officials improperly using their authority, including excessive force, false arrest, or obstruction of justice. Now, you will get some pushback from individuals who say this is overreach by the federal government. No, the federal government, they have a statute under the color of law where this is appropriate. When people in official capacity decide to abuse their authority and violate the rights of citizens, they should have been using this statute. Rather than asking Congress to give them more power to include a regular murder federal statute, let's utilize the statutes that you currently have. And that's exactly what's happening now. Now, understand, initially, everyone who looked at this said no crimes took place. Once you got it outside of that corrupt ass state and those biased conservative leaders, all of a sudden you have a real indictment. All right, Ms. Khan thoughts here. Yeah, you know, it's crazy how long it took to get to this point. It's crazy how many resources had to be spent to get to this point. And yes, as you know, to your point, it's crazy that the feds had to get involved in what really could have been or should have been an open and shut case. It was so obvious what happened in that situation. 
And still it's years later and we're still talking about it. And it's crazy how many people had to suffer and cry and march and just assert their humanity to get to this point. And there are so many similar stories just like this one. And we simply don't have the time or the resources or the emotional capacity to go through this process every time a similar situation presents itself. But unfortunately, that's kind of part of the tactic. You know, you exhaust people, you bombard them with things that they'd rather not think about or things that they would rather not feel. Until they just give up and completely shut down. You know, they breed hopelessness in people because hopeful people fight for what they believe. So we, as an audience, as a people, we can't lose that vigor. That's right. They won't stop. We won't stop. We got more on the other side. It's indisputable. Stick and stay. Welcome back. We got a lot of show left. Let me read some of these amazing comments. Gotta be quick, a little behind on time. Biden Flavor Corn Pop says, all right, so glad that gross officer was taken off the force. These guys need to be locked up for life in qualified immunity now. Mega see the silver hat dragon laughing my A off. Please remind me to never cross Dr. Richie. He speaks in the world, listens and acts. Well, that's because the platform is massive due to you, all right? It's because of the ears and the eyes connected to the platform, all right? Uh, Biden flavor corn pop also says no accountability. They always do it again. Uh, Craig Craig Souffle, justice is coming, Brianna. Holly Todd, thank you for that, Holly. Uh, Dr. Richie, way to flex your influence. Thank you. It's way to flex your influence, actually, because the influence I have is empowered by you all. That's how it works, and I thank you. Okay. All right. Got something for everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish a Karen would. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a and Sunday? You're not going to Back off! I'm going to tell them there's an African-American man threatening my life. How do you not stand up for that song? Because it embarrasses me. It embarrasses me. It Can't stand up. Your legs don't work. No, 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 Once again, we have a cackle of Karens here. They don't understand the basics of freedom and democracy. Here's the reality, while they are upset and calling out people for not standing up for the national anthem at whatever facility they're located in. You see, freedom means, Karens, that you can stand or sit. You are not forced to mandate it to do a particular thing in front of a particular flag. That's actually why the US military 
fights. That's part of the reason is to make sure those freedoms are maintained domestically. You have the freedom to sit, stand, dance, sing or not. When individuals are forced, Karen, to do those things, to pay homage to a flag in that way by way of mandate, then you have actually taken away a freedom. Freedom is freedom, regardless of your sentiment. Just because individuals are not a carbon copy of you, that does not mean they're not patriotic, democratic, nor does it mean they do not believe in freedom. All right, Ms. Khan, we find this quite normative with individuals on the right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I assume they're on the right because they say, oh, this person must have voted for Joe Biden, right? Yeah. Um, I don't think they get it. Freedom means you can stand or not stand. What are they missing here, Ms. Khan? Well, I like that point that you actually brought up about the military, and that's why they fight is for the option to stand or not stand. And my brother is actually in the Navy, and we had this conversation a little while ago, and we were, I think we were talking about Kaepernick and the kneeling and all that whenever that was a really, really big story. And he said exactly what you said. He goes, no, I'm in the military fighting for that. You know, like That's what the military is there for. That's what we're defending. When you talk about defending freedoms, you're defending the right to not have to do things that you don't agree with or things that aren't hurting anybody, right? And as far as standing up for the national anthem, I don't like standing for it either. I mean, I do it, but for me personally, I think it's more irritating that I'm expected to stand. It's not mandatory. And really, it's an empty gesture that doesn't actually represent how much I love my country or its people. And that's such a ridiculous and small minded way to think in the first place. But we still have to do the thing so that the same people won't say the same very predictable things about us. Like when Obama didn't wear his, remember when he didn't wear the flag pin on his lapel? <laughs> right, they made it was a like big such deal. a big deal. Right, and you know they didn't talk about his politics because they, you know, they just decided what this represented—the fact that he didn't have a pin on his lapel. It was like it was so random, it was so unnecessary. The whole narrative was so performative, and you know it's been made to be a form of respect because somebody else decided that it was, and it's been made so culturally pervasive that we're having this conversation right now. But really, it's a distraction. From what actually matters in patriotism at the risk of making a you know way too broad of a statement is a tool used by the government and the media to pacify people into complacency and acceptance. You know, loving your home is one thing, but patriotism, the way that we're seeing it practiced here, that can get really toxic really fast. Yeah, and what they call patriotism is anything but you have to love your country enough to challenge your country to be the greatest country it can be. That's true love. Sometimes love is tough, but it doesn't mean it's not love as well. And let me just briefly say something about the Colin Kaepernick issue when he took that knee. That was the most peaceful of protests possible, okay? It had nothing to do with football. It was before the game, all of a sudden had everything to do with football. But let's be very clear it's not about Colin Kaepernick taking a knee because many NFL players took a knee. How many quarterbacks? took a knee to pray to white Jesus after they made a touchdown. Let's not get into taking a knee. Taking a knee was normative in the NFL. It was about what Colin Kaepernick took a knee for. Colin Kaepernick had the audacity to take a knee for black and brown people who were being brutalized by members of law enforcement. If Colin Kaepernick would have taken a knee to bring awareness to the need for more cancer research money in the United States of America, that never would have happened to Colin Kaepernick. He never would have been blacklisted, no pun intended. But it was because of who he took a knee for, all right?
Okay, I got something for you. Double dose. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You're still free. Back off. I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. Now, get the f out! Stop. Get the f out of here. You are then becoming the problem. Stop. Hey, my peace is being disturbed, officer. I'd like to file a report. I'm the one being disturbed! You gotta love the camera, man. Hey, officers, my peace is being, listen, I, I need to file a report now. But if you notice in this Karen moment, how calm the cops were, imagine. If a black male would have started charging somebody like that in front of the police, do you think the police would have just, you know, hopped and skipped along and said, hey, black guy, we need you to just calm down and walk with us back to the home? Showing you the bias in law enforcement. This Karen was out of control. The police, they knew how to de escalate, they knew how to remain calm. She technically defied a lawful command and nobody got shot. Fascinating. All right, Ms. Khan, thoughts here. Yeah, you know, I'm watching this clip and I'm laughing because this woman is acting so ridiculous and so unreasonably. But it's kind of a privilege of hers that I'm sitting here laughing at it because it's like what you were saying. If this was a black or brown person, you kind of have a very different reaction to it. You get scared. You're like, you know, what are the cops going to do? What's going to happen to this person? But in the case of this woman, I'm sitting here laughing because I know nothing is going to happen to her. And you know, to that end, we do have to be able to laugh at people who are being ridiculous, right? We have to be able to say, this is silly. You can't act like this. Nobody's gonna pay attention to you. That's your own problem, right? She's worried about her peace and her space or whatever she's worried about. That's not anybody's problem. That's something that she needs to deal with on her own. And thankfully, because she is who she is, she's able to deal with that problem another day. That's right. Let's put up her picture full bass here. I got some advice for Karen. Now, madam, that is inside attire. How dare you come outside with that on? We got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. Welcome back, we got a lot of show left. Let me read some of these amazing comments. Okay, uh, Nikohimi, I apologize if I said that incorrectly. When husband tells you to stop, maybe you should rethink your position, yep. Um, eradicate recidivism project, welcome to Indisputable. Thank you so much for joining. Um, welcome to Antica. We got an Antica member at Indisputable. Walking gone, walking on my grave. Thank you so much for that. And Wanderer Amison, Amundsen, welcome to Indisputable. If you want to join, if you're on the YouTube channel right now, just hit that join button, various levels. Uh, and this is how you keep. Great content coming to you and also advocacy for communities that we love, all right? Thank you in advance. Okay, the big homie, Terrell Owens, faces off with a Karen in his community that admits he's just a big scary black man talking to a white woman. Yeah, she admits it. Let me take you to the first part of the video, here it is. I'm good, what's up, sir? What's going on, folks? I'm driving to my mailbox. Mm -hmm. She telling me I'm speeding, telling me to slow down. 
First of all, I didn't harass you. She's telling me to slow down. I said, what do you mean slow down? I said, yo, I'm just going to the mailbox. And then she goes, get the out of the middle of the road. First of all, I didn't I almost hit you. Now you're just making up stuff. No, I literally just like a Karen. I did. How did I almost hit you? And I'm going to the mailbox. Yeah, I called you a Karen when I came over here after you said I called the police. Absolutely. Then you then you went on to say, oh, I'm the, the subject of the HO meeting, this and that and the other. I got liens on my house, this and that and the other. Then you start bringing up my status, who I was, my HBO, my VH1. Right, you you the one brought it up, lady. I did it. You did it. You did. First of all, first first of all, I didn't almost hit her. Sir. No, 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 I'm fine, sir. I, first of all, I didn't almost hit her. I understand that. Just relax. Not finna sit up here. He ran the stop sign. <laughs> well, there is no stop sign. What are you talking about? I understand. <laughs> I wasn't, but I asked him to slow down, and he started. He got out of his car and started harassing me. He put his car in park. Right, because you're gonna yell at me and telling me I'm almost hit you, and I didn't. But you didn't have to get out of your car. You didn't have to talk to me that way either, Karen. A white woman. First of all, you had your your boy right here, your oh, husband oh, right here. So first of all, I don't do that type okay, of stuff. Relax. You did. You put your car in park and you came uh, at yeah, me. Yeah, I, I first of all, I didn't come at you. Yes, you, can, you did. You can stop all of that, Karen. <laughs> I got more video. She says exactly what this is about. You're a black man approaching a white woman, not a male approaching a female. A black man approaching a white woman. What am I supposed to think? She's utilizing black male as if it is synonymous with, I don't know, wild animal. You see, let's put wild animal in place. This is a wild animal approaching a white woman. See, that would make sense, okay? But it's a black man, and for some reason in her mind, because he's a black man, this is a dangerous situation given the fact that she's a white woman. Understand the context she's creating here, okay? Now, Mr. Owens is an NFL Hall of Famer. Uh, decent individual, and he decided to go live once the police were involved. There's more. Now you're going to see the weaponization take place here. Here it is. Listen, if you guys want me here, I can solve this. He literally came after me. <laughs> here she crying. There's Karen. Look at this. This is unbelievable. Swear to God, I've never been a part of nothing like this. I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen it. Yes, I've seen it, but this is firsthand. Oh boy, as she's crying. Oh my God, this is this is real. This is real. This is real. Here you go. Here you go, sir. This is real. This is real. This is real. This is real. I've never seen. I've seen it, but I've never been a part of this. This is real life. And now she's crying. Her husband tried to tell her to go in the house, but now she wanted to do the whole Karen thing. So I'm gonna be here with my camera to show everything. First of all, you need to stop that. It was not. I was in the garage. You're lying now because I was sitting in the garage. She said I was speak. First of all, I wouldn't. I know what you're saying. No, no, I get you. No, this is real. This is real life in 2022. This is real life Karen stuff. <laughs> I'm crying. I've never seen. I do. I've seen it on 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 TV. I've seen it on video. But I've never really been a part of something like this. This is unbelievable. Then she brought up that I'm the subject of HOA. Said everybody's been talking about me, my my house. I don't keep up with my house. I got liens. I don't pay my fines. Everything. I, how do I know? Cause she told me.
Karen. Yeah, see, so Mr. Owens is in a face off here with Karen, okay, in his community. HOA Karen's are the worst. I have more video, but before I go to the next video, let me highlight a couple of things that have already taken place. Number one, while Mr. Owens is trying to explain that he did not do anything criminal, the officer is telling him to calm down. The officer then goes to the Karen in question and says, okay, where did he hit you? And she says, he didn't hit me. Well, the next statement should have been, well, why are we here? Why are we here? Why did you lie? Why did you call? Why are the police here if nothing happened, okay? And then as he proceeds to explain, he did not speed through that community. She was being aggressive to him. Once again, the officer is telling him, calm down and show me your ID, Mr. Owens. That's what's happening. It's all on the tape. Now, another bystander actually completely backs Mr. Owens. Here it is. Bro, she just brought them tears out. She just brought those tears out before he got before she got here. She was it was this do that everything. Oh yeah, before I got here, it was all of that. The police showed up. Oh, they the the, the tears start flowing. I thought they were supposed to start finding them for profiling. Oh how man, it's all good. Black black. I'm barely even here. And then told me I'm living in you 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 living in a low budget neighborhood. Oh yeah, I live in a low budget neighborhood, but she living in here with me. <laughs> I'm living in a low budget neighborhood, These but. Oh, this all good. I ain't tripping. She don't know nothing. I got two houses. I'm not even worried about that. But that just that's how she was coming at me. So when I called a Karen, husband want to tell me, oh, stop calling a Karen. Man, I'm not. They thought I was just going to bow down and listen to all that mess. Okay. Now, I know some people will say, well, uh, the Karen may have been afraid. No. Um, white women, let me just say this for the record. White women are not afraid of black men. It's a lie they tell. Evidenced by the fact that she decided to approach him. If she was afraid of him, she would have stayed away from him. Because that's what you do when you're scared of something, you back up. You stay away, you don't want confrontation, you are afraid. She started the confrontation because she has no fear of this black male. Now that doesn't mean she will not weaponize the narrative and weaponize her whiteness and weaponize her tears in order to pretend as if she is now scared. But believe me, she is not afraid at all. And she was well aware that he is Mr. Owens, NFL Hall of Famer, individual that's on television, does commentary or sports, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, because He's been part of their HOA conversations. There you have it. All right, racism in America, racism in a local community, and obviously a Karen is involved. Ms. Khan, thoughts here? Yeah, I mean, that was a good point that you made. If I was a black man in America, which I obviously am not, I would be much more wary of white women than I would be the other way around. Yeah. But I mean, it's so sad because you can't even be T.O. and not get hassled by these Karens. And it's like, what do black and brown people need to do? Who do they need to be before they can get some respect in this country? And I can't deal with the cognitive like recognition 
that she was a white woman who's unduly threatened by a black man because he got out of his car and because you know he ran a stop sign that wasn't there. You know, she thinks she's completely justified in her fear without understanding that she's literally the problem that so many of us are speaking against and she doesn't understand how idiotic and racist her excuse is. And unfortunately, you know, you have to wonder how would this have played out if the victim in this situation wasn't Terrell Owens? What if mm. it was just some regular dude? Yeah. There you go. That's why we continue to highlight all across the spectrum here. Okay. Very sad story. The cops decided to harass a homeless veteran. The man is unsheltered. They then tased his dog. When I tell you this was completely unnecessary, well, check it out for yourself. Here's the first video. I didn't know. No, you can't. You can't panhandle over here. I'm not panhandling. But when I saw you, you were, and you're still. I'm not panhandling. You're still here in the middle. Okay, so I'm not sign or anything. Well, you did when I saw you initially. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. I haven't had. I've never had a sign. I haven't had a sign. You're asking people for money, brother. I'm not asking anybody for money. You were. No, I'm not. You cannot find anybody. Oh, okay, okay. Listen, the fact still remains. You cannot stand here in the middle of the intersection, in the middle of this intersection right here, okay? Where's the law that says that I can't stand oh, here? Oh, there, there are many laws. No, uh, no. Well, all right, now you're. Now I can, not, I can I literally, ask her for I can that. literally. Did, listen, I, I didn't ask her for it. You cannot stand in the middle of this area, okay? You need to go. Or Where's going, the statute that says that I cannot? Okay, stand here? I'll show you. I'll show you. But as of right now, if you don't move right now, I'm gonna take you to jail. There's more video, let me do it this way. I'm gonna put up a picture of the individual who was being harassed. Let's put his picture up for a mass. This is a human being having a difficult time temporarily. On October of 2021, North Carolina police officers attacked this unsheltered veteran. His name is Joshua Rower and decided to also tase his dog. And officers initially approached him because they said he was soliciting donations, okay? After more than a year, Gastonia Police Department finally agreed to release the body cam footage, all right? Now, Mr. Rohr tries to hand officers two forms of ID. They decide to pin him down. They use a stun gun on his non-aggressive dog. The officer proceeds to lie about being bitten by the dog. Here it is. I told her I was hey, leaving. And I you asked him for money because you're yeah, like that, that, and you, you walked to the car. Dude, you saw it. I was standing here talking okay, to him yesterday. Right you don't give your eye. You want to go and call an animal control dog. There you go. No, we your state ID, not your VA this ID. Isn't valid. It's not valid. I, I need your state ID, not your VA ID. I'm gonna ask you one more time. It's your not book. even valid. Give me it's your state ID. Uh, turn around. You're being arrested. Hey, whoa, what's going dude? Turn around. Are you kidding turn me? Turn around. Turn around. Do you turn around. see this? Turn around. Somebody help me! Turn around. Hey, what are you doing? Ah, ah, what are you doing? Ah, Mama! Hey, what are you doing? Ah, call your dog off. 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 Sir, call your dog off. Call your dog off. He just bit me. He bit me. Call your dog off. To Charlie. Call your dog off. Call your dog off. Call your dog off. Call your dog off. We need, we need. To Charlie Town City, we need more units. We need more units. The hell is wrong with these cops? 
Now I checked, VA ID can be utilized for identification with law enforcement and the judicial system at large. So while he's showing them his ID, they decide to arrest him for not showing them his ID. How insane is that? This man is already struggling. There's more video, before I go to the next video, let me remind cops of this. You should not have to shed your humanity to put on a blue uniform. Who would treat somebody unsheltered in this way other than a police officer or just a bad evil person? This never should have happened. There's more, here it is. I have to do what I have to do. The dog bit me, okay? No, it didn't, because you shot him with a taser. Please help me. Why are y'all doing this to me? What did they ask you for? They, they asked me for my ID, ID, and then he grabbed me and tapped me. Because you wouldn't give it to me. I was in the process of handing it to you. Okay, okay, we're doing what we have to do. They tased my dog. They tased it. Please record this. The charges against this veteran were dropped, we checked. All of this commotion for nothing. While the officers are yelling, we're just doing our jobs. That's called protecting and serving. How was he a threat to public safety? The only threat I saw was you, Mr. Miss Police Officer, nobody else. And the community that watched you do this, they saw you as the threat to public safety, not the individual standing with his dog. The dog's name is Sunshine. Let's put up a picture of this individual, Mr. Joshua Rohr and his friend. His friend's name is Sunshine, both of whom pose no threat to the community. Charges were dismissed. A police department put out a statement saying, and I quote, since Mr. Rohr's arrest, the Gastonia Police Department has been in regular contact with the DA, District Attorney Page, and we have been working diligently to find an appropriate resolution to this case. We are satisfied with today's clear arrangement, and we are pleased that Mr. Rohr has agreed to participate in the county veterans treatment court where he can receive services specifically tailored to his needs. You see, that could have happened in the beginning. That could have been a front end conversation here. I mean, how about law enforcement saying, hey, listen, uh, obviously, you got a bump in the road happening right now in your life. Let me provide you with some resources so that you can possibly get some help. Okay, I'm gonna give you um, a list of resources or, or maybe let me take you to the side of the road here. Let me call them for you because staying outside may not be the best option for you or your friend, Sunshine. What happened to that? That literally took me less than 30 seconds to say, less than 30 seconds. Here's what Mr. Rohr said. Now people can see the police lied and Sunshine did nothing wrong. She was doing exactly what she was trained to do, which was to help me and they prevented her from doing that. They interfered with the work of a service animal and brought harm to a service animal while also separating my service dog from me. It just shows their criminal actions, and now they can be held accountable. I'm glad it's out now so that it clears my name and clears Sunshine's name. 
so I can get justice for her. Let me tell you why I'm emotional. Put up his picture again. In his entire statement, 99% of it is about defending sunshine. That's the kind of person. Justice has not been fully served. While he was in jail, his dog Sunshine ran away and died after being hit by a car. Ms. Khan, thoughts here? Yeah, not happy to hear about that ending. That was kind of a rough ending. But you know, the, the cops said that he was soliciting donations, the guy denied it. He asserted that he was within his rights to be standing where he was. And the part that actually stood out to me was when the guy asked for the law or the statute that he was violating and the cop just said, okay, I'll show you. But he never planned to show him anything. That's right. He knew that he would never actually have to. He knew that he would never be asked to actually like pull it up on his phone or whatever he was planning on doing because he could just arrest the guy instead. And no, like to your earlier point, there is no compassion in policing. It's not designed that way. It's not meant to be compassionate. You have cops who have to justify their position and their legitimacy as an institution. So they pick on people that need help just to assert their own authority and their own force on people. Yeah. They're not there to solve problems. They're like personified band-aids to all of these societal issues that we're trying to just ignore. And yes, there are ways in which cops can actually help. There are ways in which we need services that cops are supposed to provide. But instead, they're not doing that. Instead, they're basically like, like it's like Trump's border wall when the issue is much deeper than anything that a wall or in this case, a single arrest could actually solve. That's right, well said. All right, we got more on the other side, it's indisputable, stick and stay. Welcome, we got a lot of show left. Okay, let me read a few of these comments. Uh, not Dweezil, AKA Tail Wagon Dragon. Black man gets out of his car in his own neighborhood. Yep. Um, Greyhound Dragon says, I'm crying with you, Dr. Richie, and that man who has already been through so much. That's right, so much. Thank you, C. Michael Henson. Karen is trying too hard with that soap opera acting to play victim. That's right. Uh, per Theron, um, I think I said that right. Thank you so much for that. She wanted some guns on the site, hoping for a one-sided shootout. That's right, when you call the cops, you call the gun, you never forget that. Okay, I have an update, Brittany Griner. Brittany Griner has now been found guilty. Been found guilty, could get nine and a half years in a Russian prison because of a vape cartridge. Let me give you some background. A Russian court has now sentenced US basketball star Brittany Griner to nine years in prison on Thursday after finding her guilty of deliberately bringing cannabis infused vape cartridges into Russia. Griner had admitted to having the vape cartridges containing the oil, but said it was an honest mistake. Before the verdict, she pleaded with a Russian judge to not end her life with a harsh prison sentence before breaking down in tears in court. The court also fined her 1 million rubles, that's about 16, 17,000 bucks. In her testimony last week, Griner expressed puzzlement as to how this even happened. She said, and I quote, I still don't understand 
to this day, how they ended up in my bag, said Griner. If I had to guess on how they ended up in my bags, I was in a rush packing. Griner had been prescribed medical marijuana in the United States to relieve pain from chronic injuries. <clears throat> a treatment method that is common among elite athletes because it has fewer side effects than painkillers. President Joe Biden has already released a statement. That statement reads, today, American citizen Brittany Griner received a prison sentence that is one more reminder of what the world already knew. Russia is wrongfully detaining Brittany. It's unacceptable and I call on Russia to release her immediately so she can be with her wife, loved ones, friends and teammates. My administration will continue to work tirelessly and pursue every possible avenue to bring Brittany and Paul Whelan home safely as soon as possible. Now I wanna remind everyone, uh, there's a potential deal on the table to make a trade, right? But here's an interesting note. While Brittany Griner is a celebrity WNBA basketball player and humanitarian, she's a mentor and everything else. She does the same for Russia. So during the off season from the WNBA, she actually plays in Russia and she has Russian citizens, especially girls and women who will find her after the game, get autographs, take pictures, look up to her. They find her to be an inspiration even in Russia. So while we talk about her in the context of the WNBA in the United States of America, she's also a celebrity in Russia and has a significant following of young girls who admire her work. All right, possible route for freedom, possible. Griner's defense lawyers said they would appeal. The defense team said that in sentencing, the court had ignored all evidence they had presented as well as Griner's guilty plea. They said they were disappointed by the verdict. Griner's sentencing could now pave the way for a US-Russia prisoner swap that would include the 31-year-old athlete and an imprisoned Russian who was once a prolific arms dealer. Now I understand what her defense is saying. Her defense counsel is basically saying, listen, if she would have gone to trial and drew this process out, this is basically the time she would have received. You got you have a maximum here of 10 years. So she pleaded guilty. She said, listen, no matter what, I'm responsible for what was in my luggage, regardless of how it got there, even if it was an accident. She does all of this. And the court completely ignored it, completely 100% decided to disregard it and gave her virtually the same amount of time that she would have received if she went to trial and got convicted much later. All right, uh, Ms. Khan, thoughts on this? Yeah, uh, the thing with Brittany Griner is, you know, nine years is obvious. Obviously a very harsh sentence for anyone just for cannabis possession, but unfortunately it's not the worst than some of what we've seen here in our own country. We have people who are serving much longer in prison still for cannabis possession. And for me, this story is about the justice system. And I know that we're talking about a different country here, but it's about justice across the board. What is the point of it, right? 
Justice shouldn't punish people who make mistakes, especially a mistake that any of us could easily have made. And of course, I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt when I say that, that this was indeed an oversight on her part and not a deliberate attempt to violate the laws of another country. And justice shouldn't punish people so harshly for crimes that aren't actually hurting people. Yep. Is Brittany Griner a threat to society? Is she a dangerous person who needs to be locked away and kept away from people? No. And yes, there are consequences for violating the rules, but I think we can all agree that this is way too much for what she did. Yeah, um, we don't stand up enough for black women in this country. I'm standing up for Ms. Griner. I will be quite frank with you. I don't give a damn if it was there intentionally or not. Given this woman nine and a half years for a victimless crime is insanity. And I do hope the State Department will continue their efforts and bring Ms. Griner home. Okay, a bully decides to bully the wrong person. We got that on the other side, it's indisputable, stick and stay. Welcome back, okay, an elderly man, a Sikh, gets his turban knocked off of his head by a bully. However, he didn't realize this brother had an entire community supporting him. Here's the video. Now this bully, is continuing to harass an elderly Sikh. The harassment goes on for a significant period of time, okay? The elderly man is obviously trying to stop, de-escalate. Well, something else happened, okay? That white male got more than what he bargained for. The community showed up for this elderly Sikh in a powerful way. And I will, I do apologize. All right, what are you going to say? I'm sorry for knocking a Sikh's turban off. You're going to say now? I'm sorry for knocking a Sikh's turban off. You won't ever do it again. I won't do it again. Do you know what I mean? I do apologize. I love it when a plan comes together. Now, this uh, bully obviously changed his tone immediately. Now, remember, this all happened in a garden. Uh, this white male decided to threaten to kill this elderly individual, and the community came and made him apologize. Let's put up a picture of this guy again, uh, full throttle here, all right? Now, keep in mind, this is a cultural issue as well, because when you touch, someone in that way, it is a mark of disrespect, okay? Um, and some Sikhs practice touching feet as a mark of respect, 
which is why these men were demanding the man touch the Sikh man's feet. Now that is a guy who is a coward, who only is powerful when he's big and bad against an elderly man. All right, all right, happy ending. Should not have happened in the first place, but I'm glad that um, he humbled himself before um, he got that ass whooped. All right, Ms. Khan, thoughts here. Yeah, yeah, a lot of Islamophobia spills over into the Sikh community because they're brown, literally just because they they look like Muslims, I guess. And you know, Kamil Nanjiani, the the comedian, the actor, he made a good point about this when he was hosting SNL. And I'm not going to attempt to retell his joke because I'm not funny and it wouldn't go very well, but. He did talk about the Sikh community and how often they're mistaken for Muslims. And of course, racist people aren't the most intelligent. So it's like, do you correct them for their ignorance because they don't understand the difference between Muslims and Sikhs? Or do you just reprimand them for being racist in the first place? It's like, I want to correct you, I want to educate you, I want to help you. But unfortunately, there's only so much that you can do to counter hatred within people. They don't want to learn, they don't want to know that they did wrong. That's it. All right, sometimes it takes a mob showing up at your door, all right, yeah. for you to reflect on life. Okay, Ms. Khan, always great having you on the program. Tell people how they can follow you and check out your great work. Yeah, you can find me on Rebel HQ. I'm one of the contributors there. And you can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Yaz K. That's Yaz K with five Z's, Y A Z Z Z Z Z K. That's it. Always a pleasure, my dear sister. Okay. Reactions next, remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable. Welcome to Indisputable, I'm your host, Dr. Rashad Richard. We got a lot happening today, but what do we do on this show? We tell the truth, you know why we tell the truth? Because the truth is simply indisputable. Rashad, great to be here, congratulations on the new show. And I gotta let everybody know that Rashad and I go way back. Here's the pattern that we see in all of these Karen stories. They think they own stuff they do not own. Now, where does that come from? I don't know, maybe slavery. Maybe they think they should still own black people. This is what happens when Karens weaponize the police. When you're used to privilege, equality seems like oppression. It hits you in a certain way when someone is holding you against your will, treating you like you're a criminal and you're an innocent person. This is something that black people face no matter where they are. A stronger black economy lends itself to a stronger, greater economy. Don't think it's exclusive of you, it's inclusive of you. What's your beef with critical race theory? It adds more fuel to the fire of the racist tendencies that we already have. We have a generation of problem solvers that can remedy the problem if they are properly taught what the problem is. You know who created redlining in this country? Mm-hmm. The white liberal. I, I, don't, I don't give a damn who created it. If it's a racist policy, racist policy. Shelly, here's what I don't know. I don't know. See, there you go filibustering, brother. You're scared of this truth, but you're gonna get it, though.